Welcome to The Thriving Christian Artist, the podcast where we hope you connect with God to bust through the roadblocks that have held you back for years, create the work you love, and really live the life you know God created you to live as an artist in His kingdom. I'm Matt Tommy, your host. Let's get started. Well, hey there, I hope you enjoyed part one of my recent message called True Identity Resonating with God's Song. Listen, isn't it so cool that God sang a song into you that literally forms the basis of your identity? And as you and I start resonating with that in our life, that's how the kingdom gets manifested in and through us. Well, I'm going to finish this message up today in this episode, and I hope it continues to be a huge encouragement to your life. Listen now to part two of True Identity, Resonating with God's Song. Peter's life got an overhaul at this moment. He'd been walking with Jesus for a little bit of time, but at that time when he finally got it, boom, this is who Jesus is. And this is who he's called me to be. Things changed. Look at it. Number one, he affirms him as a son. He says, Simon, son of what? Son of Jonah. And then he changes his name to Peter, anytime in the Bible you see a name change, you see an identity change, a purpose change in somebody's life. And then number three, he establishes his identity. He says, on this rock, now based on all this has happened, on this rock, I'm going to build my church. He's establishing something new in Peter's life. And then not only that, see a lot of, a lot of Christians just stop there. Well, I know God loves me, he's called me, he's given me a calling, but I'm just waiting on the Lord. He doesn't just leave him there. He gives him, what does it say right there? It says, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Do you know that God has keys for you? There are keys that he has for you to doors that you can unlock to do the things that he's called you to do in the kingdom. He's not left you alone. He's not left you without any money. He's not left you without any resources. Everything that you need for life and godliness, he's put inside your hand. Listen, when you actually start understanding the kingdom, the way the kingdom Jesus actually taught it, you start thinking, God, this really is good news. I mean, (laughs) this is something I could get. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a pastor, but uh, my goodness. I mean, I could start a church over that. I I told my wife the other day, she said, no, it ain't that good. I said, well, it's good. I mean, it's real, real good. Now also turn to Matthew 25 real quick. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Many of you have probably heard the parable of the talents. This is a story where the master of the field comes up and gives three of his workers. One has five talents, one has two talents, one has one talent. Basically a resource that he gives him. And it says he gave it to him based on their ability. And he said, now listen, I'm leaving, but I want you to take this money, take this resource, invest it. I'm coming back. We're going to see how you did. The guy with five, he took it, turned it into five more. Jesus said, you know, the master said, good. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Number, the number two guy, he took the two, doubled his money. Jesus said, good, enter into the joy of the Lord. But the third guy was the guy. He had only one talent. And it says in verse number 25, it says, or 24, he says, He who had received one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. And Jesus says to him, oh, poor baby, that's all right. Just go on over there and get some. No, he didn't. He didn't say that. In fact, he said, 
His master answered him and said, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I, I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I scattered no seed. You ought to have at least invested my money with the bankers that at my coming I should have received what is mine with interest. And so he takes his talent from him. Listen, his ability to produce in that situation was not based on he didn't have the money. It wasn't based on he didn't have the authority because Jesus gave him the authority. Jesus gave him the talent. What was it based on? It was based on his belief about the master. He believed that the master was a hard taskmaster, was a bad guy. And his belief system created this situation where he was paralyzed in fear and couldn't do anything. And many of you are sitting there right now. God's given you something in your hand. He's given you authority in that, that realm. He's given you maybe even the people that you need to, to have. But you're so paralyzed by fear because you've been listening to the lies of the enemy. And your identity is warped in such a way that you may be in the kingdom but, and, and, and love Jesus and be saved. But you're totally stalled in being able to be fruitful in the kingdom. You understand what I'm saying? Now, number three, I, I want to. I want to keep moving here. Number three, just idea about this whole thing, just to, to bring it home, is Proverbs 23, 7. It says, as a man thinks in his what? Heart, so is he. Now, there's this interesting thing about our heart. Our heart, Jesus talks about in the parable of the sower, in the parable of the growing seed. He talks about that the seeds are the word of God how they come around and get planted. And he talks about the heart in those parables or the, or the ground in those parables as our heart. And then the heart is interesting. In, in Mark 4, 26, he says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Think about the word of God. Night and day when he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. It's this automatic process that just happens. I mean, any of you that are farmers, I mean, I don't know that you understand. I, I sure don't understand how, what happens under the ground. You just know that when I plant the seed in the ground and the right situations are there, something happens and something begins, the fruit begins to sprout right there. The plant begins to sprout. It says all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. So what he's saying is, listen, your heart is like the ground. And whatever seed that we put inside of our heart, remember as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Whatever seed that we put in our heart produces a harvest. All right? So as Christians, as people that are kingdom people, our goal is not to be just putting any old seed and allowing the enemy to put any old seed in our heart. Because guess what? Your life right now and my life right now are a direct result of the seeds that have been planted in our heart. Your heart is sort of like a spiritual incubator, if you will. It works. You put good stuff in it, guess what? Good stuff's going to come forth. The kingdom's going to come forth. You allow fear and anxiety and depression and religion and all that kind of stuff to get in there and self-control and shame and mix it with a little condemnation. And then guess what begins? Just a big old pile of weeds begins to come out. Looks like kudzu. I love kudzu. That's all kudzu baskets over there I made. 
God told me when I started weaving kudzu baskets 20 years ago, he said, I'm calling you to weave kudzu as a redemptive picture of taking that, which everybody says is cursed and no good and worthless, and you're going to take it and redeem it, clean it up, and make it into things of beauty and value that people will pay thousands of dollars for. Thank God they're doing it. (laughs) You know, that's what God wants to do. He wants to take the stuff that's in your heart, all the stuff that's been planted that's not of Him. And He wants to clean that up. And He wants to teach you this morning as a beginning process, just like Peter, a a transformation to begin, that you begin to plant the seeds of the kingdom inside your heart. Well, what does that mean, seeds of the kingdom? I mean, is that just, well, I just think about Jesus all day long. I mean, what does that mean? That'll be next week. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, What it means is, I want you to look at 2 Peter Chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. Turn there real quick. This to me, when you're talking about understanding life in the kingdom, learning how to to sing the song that God has put inside of you, learning how to resonate with the song that He's put inside of you, this verse and passage of Scripture beyond almost any other, to me, is, is such a beautiful key. It says, His divine power has given us everything that we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. So how is this process even happening? Jesus said, I mean, Peter says, listen, this is all happening. God has made, set this up by His glory and goodness. It's not to get you. It's not to shame you. It's not to tell you that you're not enough. Listen, He is for us and not against us. He has good plans to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. His his whole thing is to set us up to win in this thing. All right? You with me? And so some of y'all don't even believe that. So just come, you know, just let's just start there. Then verse 4, it says, Through these, what? His glory and goodness. He has given us His very great and precious, what? Promises. So that through them, through what? The promises. Through the promises, you may participate in the divine nature having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Listen, this is, I could teach on this all weekend, but here, here's the crux of this. When the enemy comes to plant seeds in your heart because he knows that they're going to produce a harvest, he's, he's sowing lies. He's sowing you're not good enough, you're not this enough, you're not that enough, you don't measure up, okay? And he tries to confuse and twist your identity that says you're not really who you think you are. You're really this. But when God says, when Peter's saying here in in this section of scripture, if you want to see the divine nature, if you want to see Christ living through you, if you want to see the kingdom manifested in your life, then you've got the only way to participate in that. The only way to have that as your life is to sow the precious promises of God. So that when the enemy comes in and tries to sow something that doesn't make that that doesn't sound like what the word of God says, whose responsibility is it to take that thing and cast it down? Yours. You've got to take hold of that thing and say, nope, that does not add up with the word of God. I cast it down. It's a vain imagination. It's a different picture of what your life should be like. See, many of you right now, the picture that you have in your life The picture that says, I'll never make it. The picture that says, I'll never have any money. The picture that says, I'll always struggle with this addiction or with this identity issue. The the picture that that you struggle with that you can't get over 
It's a vain imagination. It's a, it's a cloud, a, a, a poof of fog that the enemy has created in your mind out of planting these seeds. But the only way to get that to change is not to be like, oh, get out of it. You've got to pull those things down when they come and you've got to begin to plant the seeds of the kingdom, the promises of God. You're not enough. I'm more than a conqueror. You, you can't do that. You're, you're not even talented enough. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Who do you think you are? I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I'm seated in heavenly places. Well, you don't have enough money for that. I have all things that I need through Christ who strengthens me. I have everything that I need for life and godliness. You see what I mean? This is not just positive thinking. Don't think, well, God, this guy's just saying, just name it, claim it, confess it. No, this is how the kingdom works. You plant the seed in your heart. Then by faith, it all gets mixed around. The picture changes and your life begins to manifest the kingdom. That, I mean, this is huge. Because otherwise, you just stay on this religious treadmill all the time. And the enemy continues to try to destroy, 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 destroy. See, listen, I don't even think the enemy necessarily cares about your behavior. He cares about your identity. Because he knows that if he can screw with your identity... If he, can, if he can get your identity messed up so that you really don't understand the song that God's put in you, you really don't des- understand the design that God has put inside of you, then everything else is fluff. Everything else, it's just like he can make one little twist and then leave you. And he just goes around. That's what he does all day long, just lying to people, lying to people, lying to people. And he comes to steal and kill and destroy destinies and songs and purposes that, he, that God has put in your life. He's just come to get those off track. And if he can get us into religion and trying to perform enough, then he gets us so tired that we just give up. And that's why you see preachers and Christians and talented artists and all these people all over the world committing suicide and living lives of complete desperation because they just can't do it anymore. And I come to tell you this morning that Jesus came that you might have life and that you'd have it abundantly. You know, I want to kind of bring this to a head this morning. Uh, Lest you think I've just always had my life perfect and, and everything. That is not the case. I'm just like you. I, I, grew up in, I grew up in a Christian family. My mom was a, a choral director and, and all that sort of thing. And so I grew up just, you know, loving the Lord and being in church and that sort of thing. And at an early age, I started thinking, gosh, you know, I want to answer a call to ministry. Maybe I'll preach or maybe I'll be a worship leader. And I started resonating with that song that God had put in my heart. You know how that is. I mean, you can, you can see like that little girl that came up this morning and stood by her daddy, you know, she's like, no fear there, boy, I'm standing in my place. You know, look at me, honey. I mean, that was me. People come over. I'm like, mama, do they need to hear me sing? You know, blessed assurance, you know, Jesus is mine. And I just let it go. I'd play the piano. The enemy saw that. He saw the song that God had put in my heart. And so about the time I was 11, 12 years old, when, when identity, when fathering, when mothering is so key, the enemy began to come in and twist my identity. Well, hey, there's Matt. And you know, one of the things that I found over the years in working with artists is that real lasting change in our life happens best in the context of supportive Christian community. And that's why I wanted to take this opportunity just to take a second and invite you to be a part of my online community called the Thriving Christian Artists Facebook Group. Listen, this group is absolutely free and over the years has actually grown to thousands and thousands of artists in just about every creative medium from countries all over the world. 
You know, the cool thing is that it's become a real place of encouragement in life for artists, just like you and me who want to share their work, share their life, <laughs> connect with other artists, and really pursue everything God has for us as artists in his kingdom. Now listen, to join, all you have to do is just click the link in the show notes here and answer a couple of questions just to let us know that you're a real person and bam, you're in, okay? So listen, I can't wait to connect with you inside of my Thriving Christian Artists Facebook group. Do it now and we'll see you there very soon. All right, bye. About that time, I'd, I'd been taking piano for every week since I was five years old from the same lady, Miss McGee. Loved her like a grandma. She was in her 80s when I started taking piano from her and uh i'd go in there and uh she always smelled like mothballs i don't know why but you know bless her heart i did, i loved her anyway you know and uh i don't think i've ever said that lord bless you know for, forgive me miss mcgee and uh but she ended up dying about the time i was 11 12 years old and nobody told me i don't know if they didn't think i could handle it or, or whatever but for me as a kid that was a a major trauma and uh, when that happened, my mom knew all the musicians in town, so I went uh, the next week, a couple of weeks later, you know, to a new piano teacher to take new music classes and that sort of thing. And I was playing. I was very advanced playing. Um, that's, of course, as an exhorter, I was very advanced. <laughs> I was playing <laughs> playing all sort of stuff, and uh, really. And when I got to the piano teacher, she wanted to kind of assess where I was, so she opened up the music for me to play a new song. And honest to God, it was like I had never seen music before. I've been playing since I was five. She opened the music. I could not read music. I don't read music to this day. I play by ear totally. Something happened, boop, just switched off in me, some sort of trauma reaction or whatever, where music was blocked for me in order to be able to read music. About that same time, my, my relationship with my dad really started going downhill. I mean, you know, I was an 11-year-old kid. I knew, you know, that he was bad and I was good. I had all the answers, you know, how we get sometimes as kids and, he had his own daddy issues and mama issues and Lord help. We've, thank God we've gotten healed of all that, both of us. But during that time in my life, it was really, really rough. And I remember being afraid of my daddy instead of being able to press into him and love him. I'd hear him walking down the hall and I'd go to my room because I didn't want to have any interaction with him. About that time, my, my granddaddy died, who was my mom's dad, who I, just my papa. You know, I loved him. We'd go out and rake leaves together, drink a Coca-Cola I'd, I'd secondhand smoke his cigarettes and, um, <laughs> you know, it was good. It was a good life. And he ended up passing away, died in a great way, by the way. He actually went out into the garden and sat down in his, his chair, one of those old web chairs, you know, aluminum frame, sat down, was watering the garden and just dropped dead, just like that. And uh, my granny didn't know he was dead until it started raining. <laughs> and he's still sitting out there just, you know, see. <laughs> So, anyway, she literally, this is the God's honest truth. She went out there and poked him with a newspaper. She wouldn't even touch him, but anyway. <laughs> Another ministry appointment, you know, but <laughs> all of this was just kind of swirling, you know, my relationship with my dad, my relationship with my, the father figure, my granddad, just really, really, uh, and, and Ms. McGee. So everything that I was kind of holding on to, in my life, it was kind of helping to create my identity at that point as a kid. Just, you know, it was like poof. The weekend that my granddaddy died, lots of stuff going on at the funeral, and I had to go stay with some family members uh, at their house for the weekend. That night, on a Saturday night, about 11.30 at night, we were spending the night in a, in a dome uh, pop-up tent in the middle of their living room. And that began 
uh, years of sexual abuse in my life from one of my family members. And you talk about confusing. Uh, you know, this boy was older than me, somebody I looked up to, I loved, I had grown up with, and yet was just blowing my mind. And turns out he had actually been abused by somebody else, and he was just perpetrating what had happened to him on me. And so that started then an addiction to pornography and same-sex t- issues where I was like, I know I'm a Christian. I know I love God. I'm attracted to girls, but I also am getting needs met and, and feeling these weird feelings by these relationships that, you know, with my cousin. And, and with, I mean, it was just a really, really freaked out, kind of messed up situation. And I thought I got into college and I thought, well, gosh, I'll, you know, this will be great if I can just get away from all of that. And that's when the internet came out. And so I began to chat with people online and began to, to meet people that I would chat with online. And you can imagine where that went. And I thought, well, gosh, if I'll just get married, that'll be great. It'll just fix everything. And I got married and I just did what religion teaches you to do, which is stuff, 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 push, push, push. Everything's fine. We just tap dance for Jesus and act like everything's okay. And my identity, the song that God had put inside of me just slowly began to shrivel and I had the form but no power I had everything that looked great on the outside but all the life on the inside was gone that led to a life in ministry a double life of addiction to pornography anonymous encounters secret life all this sort of thing thank God I met Jim and Pat Banks years ago they were the first people in my life that I ever knew that I could say hey this my life really sucks I've never told anybody about this. I need help. I can't go on like this. And slowly but surely, over years and years to the time you see me right now, I've been about asking the Lord to change and restore my identity to the man that he created me to be. Instead of building my life on lies and on accepting an identity that was never mine to accept. Shoo. Accepting an identity that was never mine to accept. I've learned how to accept and receive and let grow the identity that God put inside of me. From the very first day that he even thought about little Matt Tommy in Columbus, Georgia. (laughs) That's the man that I want to be. And that is the key, my friend, to living and thriving in the kingdom everything else is just is just fluff is just performance god's not about all of that he's about you and about your heart and seeing you live as the man the woman the boy the girl that god has called you to be i want to end with this this morning i was i'm back to that messed up place and that's a good thing i was right now i'm just i feel the presence of the lord right now and i want you to to this verse right here, it says Mark, in Mark one forty. it says, And a leper came to Jesus, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Move with compassion. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing. Be cleansed. I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know what your life story is like. I don't know what identity that you have taken and believed is yours. But I'm telling you right now, 
I know by the Spirit of the Lord that many of you are holding on to an identity that was never yours to carry. And until you let go of that thing and allow the seeds of the kingdom, the promises of God to be planted inside your heart and begin to bring forth the harvest, you will never live the life that God designed you to live in fullness. So I want to ask the worship team to come forward this morning. We're just going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. If that is you this morning, if you know that there's, a, that there's something inside of you that's not right, that you've just been living a lie, and I'm not saying you're in some kind of horrible sin or whatever. Maybe you're just believing that you're supposed to be this and you know that you're that. We're going to ask you to respond this morning. We want to have the, the prayer team come up as the worship team plays, and I'm going to pray. And we're going to ask that today that God would move in compassion and bring healing and restoration and, and just begin to tweak that identity so that you can be in the right place, that you can be set up just like Peter, affirmed as a son and a daughter this morning. Have your name changed. Be able to stand in the fullness that God's got for you with all authority that you need to thrive in the kingdom. So let's stand together. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Father, we love you. We love your name. Just, just, just thank the Lord right now for how he's created you. Just begin to thank him right now. we can bring down the lights a little bit. I just want to ask you right now, Holy Spirit, we know that you are the guide, that you guide us into all truth. And so Holy Spirit, we give you free rule and reign this morning to guide us into all truth. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking you right now that in each one of our hearts that you would begin to show us a picture of our identity. What does it look like? Is it grounded and founded in the Father and who in the song that He put inside of us in the very foundation of the earth? Or is it based on a lie? Holy Spirit, would you begin to show us that picture? Now, in your imagination, I just want you to begin to to see the picture of your identity that God gives you. Listen, there's no shame. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But just allow the Holy Spirit to show you that identity right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now what I want you to do is ask Jesus to come into that picture. Ask Jesus to walk into that picture. And I want you to ask him, Jesus, is this the identity that you designed for me? And then ask him to to tell you about what the identity that he designed for you looks like. Just begin to listen to his voice. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Mm. right now Jesus is breaking lies about addiction he's breaking lies about homosexuality he's breaking lies about addiction 
He's breaking lies about performance. He's breaking lies right now about having to have it all together. He's breaking lies right now about what it means to be a godly mom or dad, son or daughter, employee. Thank you, Father. Just begin to thank him for that. As he tells you, as he tells you what his identity is for you, just begin to thank him for that. See, this is worship. This is worship. This is actually a beautiful picture of repentance. It's, it's called a, a rethinking and a turning to the truth of the kingdom in your heart. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I want to give an invitation this morning. Some of you may have grown up in church. You may have been doing this a long time, but you've never heard a message like this. You've never heard the message of grace that you don't have to perform it, but all you have to do is receive it. Not just at the beginning, but all the way through. If that's you this morning, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, if you've never received the free gift of grace that he's given to you, in just a moment, I want you to come forward and just see one of these prayer folks up here and just tell them, I want to I ask Jesus into my heart. I want this transformation to happen inside of me. Secondly, if you are, are just, you know that God is changing the identity that's on the inside of you, I want you this morning to, as a step of faith, as the band plays, I want you to just fill this altar this morning to come up here just as a step of faith to say, you know what? Just like Peter, I'm having my name changed today. My identity's changed. I'm taking a step. I'm walking in a different way. I want to affirm the identity that God's got for me. I don't even know what it all looks like yet, but I know it's different than what I've been walking in. So as the band plays right now, I want you to respond either with salvation or just to come up as a step of faith and say, I want to take my place, take my stand in the new identity that God has for me. I love you guys. Thank you. It's an honor to be with you this morning. Just come on and respond as the Lord leads you. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me today on the podcast. Listen, I hope it's been a huge encouragement to you on your journey as an artist. Hey, also, before you leave, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the other episodes of the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. And also, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or at my website, which is matttommymentoring.com. Until next time, remember, you were created to thrive. Bye-bye.